You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to be challenged by the Word of God? Hallelujah. Please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we declare the Word before we preach the Word. Amen. So you don't have to know the declaration. You can just follow on the overhead and make the declaration. But there's power in the Word of God. Amen. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Say, keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. You might be facing some challenges, but when your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, there's reason to rejoice. Amen. That's the most precious thing, the salvation that Christ Jesus offers us. Amen. So today I want to share a little bit on courageous faith. We had a momentous time, spiritual beacon, a joyful event, whatever you want to call it, on Friday when I released my first book by the grace of God. Amen. Courageous faith. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about courageous faith today. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, courageous faith is something you have. Whether you like it or not, it's something you have. So when we talk about courageous faith, we're not talking about ourselves. We're not talking about me, you that have courageous faith, but we're talking about what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen. God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. So even faith is something that comes from God. On page 18, so I'm going to refer to the book on page 18, you can go read. I talk about the basis of faith, the basis of salvation, the basis of righteousness, the basis of answered prayer. It's all the same. It's the complete work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Faith in the complete work upon the cross. If you go read Isaiah 53 from verse 1 to 5, it gives us a beautiful picture of answered prayer. Why God will answer your prayer? Because Jesus was bruised, chastised, smitten, ridiculed, punished, sacrificed, crucified, and by his stripes you are healed. That's the complete work upon the cross. It was done. It settles it forever. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James chapter 5. James chapter 5 verse 15. Who of you would like your prayers to be answered? 
So I'm going to touch a little bit on that to know that God hears your prayers and God wants to answer your prayers. Who of you have been praying some prayers for a long time but has not had the desired result? Let me see your hand. Those prayers have not yielded yet. Okay. So I'm going to help you this morning from Scripture. Amen. So let me just start by saying this. The many years that you've suffered is not a reason for Jesus to answer your prayers. The fact that you are serving in a church is not a reason for Jesus to answer your prayers. The fact that you are committed, an usher, an hostess, serving in the children's church, whatever department, is not a reason for Jesus to answer prayers. The fact that you are even a tither or a giver is not a reason for Jesus to answer prayers because then our prayers would be based upon what we are doing, our efforts. So those that do more will then have more. Then our spirituality will be based upon what we have and what we do instead of what Jesus has done on the cross. Am I helping some of you here today? So James 5 verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Turn to the person next to you, say the prayer of faith. Turn to the person on the other side, say the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He starts off by saying the prayer of faith. What is the prayer of faith? The prayer of faith is effective. That means the only prayer that is effective is prayer that's in the Spirit. So if you are praying fleshly prayers, the Bible says you ask and you do not receive because what you are asking is just for your own indulgence. See, not one amen now. Don't worry. The psalmist said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So God wants to give you everything, but He's just more interested in your heart. Amen? Faith originates from our heart. Faith is all about the heart. So He says the effective, that's prayer in the spirit, fervent, that is heartfelt from your heart. Have you seen sometimes somebody can greet you? Hello. Or they'll say, it's so good to see you. And you think, I don't feel that. Or somebody will say, it's so good to you. You can feel it. So when you are praying, Jesus can see and feel if what you are praying, if you're really believing it. If it's fervent or not. Effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. What does righteous mean? 
Righteous means you're standing with God. When you are praying, do you believe that you're in right standing with God? Do you believe that? Because all of Christianity, faith, answered prayer is linked to this. Romans 10 teaches us, verse 10, with your heart you believe unto righteousness. With your mouth you make confession unto salvation. What does that teach us? It teaches us righteousness is not for those who confess it. It's those who believe it. Do you believe that God has made you righteous? Well, I'm going to show you from Scripture. Because if you believe that God has made you righteous, you'll be able to pray the prayer of faith. If you believe that God has made you righteous, your prayer will have power. You know what the Amplified says? The Amplified Bible, James 5 or 16. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, and your false steps, your offenses, your sins. I mean, I just love the Amplified. Just tells you exactly where you're going to miss it. You slipped up here. You got offended there. You took a false step there. Do you know what's a false step? Where you know where you should go, what you should do. That's the true step. Then you decide to do the contrary. You take a false step. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spirit tone of mind and heart. What is the thing hindering you to pray a prayer of faith? Your mind, what you are thinking. It says that earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Who of you need some dynamic working of the Holy Spirit in your situation? Let me see your hand. Well, you're going to be able to pray that prayer. Because faith is something you have whether you like it or not. Turn to the person next to you and remind them, say, faith is something you have. Whether you like it or not, faith is something you have. One prayer of faith can be dynamic. The good news is two believers are better than one. So when you can just find somebody to agree with you, Imagine what kind of power can be released. What seems impossible can become possible. When we were singing that song, I speak Jesus, I speak Jesus, I want to encourage you every day. When you speak Jesus, declare Jesus over a situation, you're bringing the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, in contact with that difficulty. Every knee must bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What seems ordinary will have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. The difficulties that you face when you go to work or whether you're at home, every day pray, Lord, cover me with your mercy. Cover me with your blood. Cover me with your goodness. Cover me with your forgiveness. When you say cover me with your blood, that's a better covenant 
better promises. So here's the question. Why should God answer your prayer? Most of you are thinking here, he should never answer my prayers. If you know what I did this week, Pastor, he should never answer my prayers. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> That's condemnation. That's from the devil. Because the Holy Spirit will convict you, will remind you that Christ has made you righteous. Let me ask you this question. Do you really believe that an ungodly man, that the worst of sinners, that which everybody frowns upon, the most wicked, evil person, ungodly person, do you believe that that person can be set free and made holy, made righteous? If you believe that, you can start to pray a prayer of faith. One prayer of faith, one prayer of courageous faith can change somebody's life. There's no greater way of demonstrating your love to people, to friends, to family, than praying for them. Bringing them into the presence of God and say, Lord, I want to bring Uncle Hendrik before you right now. Cover him with your mercy. Cover him with your grace. Lord, keep him bound to your plans, your purposes for his life. Stretch forth your mighty right hand. Cause the light of your favor to shine upon all his ways. Everything that's linked to him, fill it with your grace. Fill it with your mercy. Fill it with your goodness. That only good things will follow him all the days of his life. And he starts to experience things in his life and he's not even aware of it. Prayer is so powerful. Sometimes things are going well in your life, improving in your life, and you think you're doing things right. But somebody are in the presence of God praying for you. I'll never forget in the school hall at a stage, after one service, a lady came to me and she said, I just want to say, Pastor, your preaching the last few weeks has really improved. <laughs> and I'm just understanding it, and it's just really great, the revelation that God is bringing to you. It's, it's blessing my life. Thank you. And I said, oh, thank you very much. And I greeted a few more people, and then another lady said to me, Pastor, you know, I just want to say, I've really been praying for you the last few weeks that your preaching would improve. <laughs> That people will understand what you are saying and that they would receive revelation. <laughs> so sometimes even you are preaching, blessing people, and then somebody on their face saying, Lord, just help this man. Just give him revelation. Empower him. And you're thinking you're a great preacher. But somebody is seeking God's face, praying for you a righteous prayer. Amen. Give a hand to the Lord. Amen. So thank you for all your prayers. I need your prayers like you need my prayers. Amen. So it's that earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer that releases tremendous power. 
You can go and look at page 46 in the book. Divine faith, when it's expressed in prayer, is a force and has God behind it for its accomplishment. Answered prayer is based upon what Jesus has done on the cross. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. But in Matthew 5, he says, Unless your faith, your righteousness and my righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, we're wasting our time. He says, it should. If it does not happen, we will not be able to enter into the kingdom of God. What does that mean? The Pharisees kept the law. How did they do everything right? It was based upon the law. Their works. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. So all their actions, their behavior was based upon self-righteousness. I'm getting it right. I'm doing it right. But we know that nobody can get it right. So Jesus is saying, I want to give you the secret here. Don't think it's because of what you're doing that you are righteous. Because that's self-righteousness. The righteousness that I'm talking about is what Jesus did on the cross for you. Can you believe that? He says, when you believe that, your righteousness will exceed their righteousness. Because their righteousness is based upon what they're doing. Self-righteousness. A self-righteous person will always judge you. Always point the finger at you. But somebody that knows his righteousness comes from Christ Jesus has a different attitude. Amen? Listen to what Romans 4 verse 16 says in the Amplified. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. Verse 17. Thus it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existing things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. What does that mean, family? It means faith is acknowledging what you already have. Do you believe Jesus has died on the cross for you? That settles it. A few weeks ago, I, I was asked to go and pray for somebody who had, had excruciating pain. Pain in their face. Very, just painful. And I, as I prayed for the person, this pain did not want to go. The pain did not yield to my prayer. So I continued to pray. I just started in praying in the Spirit. I said, just uh, praying in the Spirit, because effective prayer is praying in the Spirit. So I just started praying in the Spirit, and I said, God, show me the root. Because I wanted to deal with the root, to curse the root, so that the root would die, the, you know, Sometimes we say, God, just help me. We, we try and do some things the way we've done it previously. Amen. And God doesn't work like that. He'll lead you by the Holy Spirit differently every time. But as I was praying, I saw Jesus on the cross. 
And I saw him on the cross with the pain of the whole world upon him. And it was like God was saying to me, the pain that he's got, I've died for. Do you believe that? And I said, yes, Lord. And I continued to pray. And as I was praying for him, the pain in the front of his head lifted. But he still had the worst pain was on that. I said, just, and I went to that and I prayed again and I was looking at the cross. In this vision again, looking at, and by the grace of God, the pain left. But what I want to say is I saw a vision of Jesus on the cross taking that pain away. But God saw it from the beginning. God saw it from the beginning. God saw it from the beginning. It says here, non-existing things, things that we cannot see. God saw it from the beginning. When he met with Abraham, Melchizedek, what was, what was the first thing that he brought out when he met with Abraham? He took out bread and wine. What are those? Those are the elements that remind us that Jesus died. Abraham had full revelation and understanding that somebody could die and be made alive. Abraham believed that even if he couldn't see th something, he could start declaring it and saying it, and it will manifest. Who contrary to hope in hope believed, and he became the father of many nations, who did not look at the things around him, but started declaring, saying things that he could not see as if they existed. Because he believed that it had happened already. What does that mean, family? It means whatever problem you are facing right now, whatever difficulty you are facing right now, whatever you want to call it, this thing that you think, how is it ever going to get solved? 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave the answer and the solution to what you are facing right now. Give the Lord a hand. Am I helping some of you here today? What is Hebrews 11 verse 1? We know it so well. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is not this airy-fairy thing that I have to now step out in faith and I hope I'm not going to fall. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance. Faith is the assurance. Faith is not something, oh, I don't know what's... Faith has got substance. That substance is Jesus Christ on the cross. Isaiah 53 verse 1 says, Who has believed our report? It says, will you believe this report? That whatever problem you're going to face, there's an answer for it already. Because Jesus died on the cross for all fundamental problems. All challenges. Jesus who died on the cross is the substance. That's why we go to God first with whatever we face. You know what that means? It means before there was a sickness, before there was a pain in your body, you were healed. 
Before you faced a crisis, there was a solution. Before you ran into this difficult that you think, how am I going to get out of it? God had made an answer, a way out. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Faith is acknowledging what you already have. Faith is acknowledging what you already have. So faith is never the problem. Because we are saved by grace through faith. Faith has been deposited on the inside of you, a mustard seed of faith. So faith, the substance, Jesus on the cross, is never the question. Believing is the problem. Do you believe that? What did the father with the demon-possessed boy said? He said, I believe, help my unbelief. He was saying, I believe you want to help Pastor Labona, but I don't believe you want to help me. I believe you want to help that person at work that's always praying and doing good deeds. I believe you want to help him, but I don't believe you want to help me. Why? Because you are looking what you've done wrong. And your heart is condemning you. Whereas 1 John 3 says, God is greater than your heart. And when your heart wants to condemn you, don't look at your heart. Look at God who is greater than your heart, who died on the cross. If you can believe that, your situation will start to change. Because you want your situation to change through the things that you do right. I've fasted 40 days. Now God must do it. Fasting is not the reason for God to answer your prayer. There are many people that fast, that go on hunger strikes, and they're not Christians. We pray and put our faith in God because of what He's done on the cross. May God reset your faith today that you can start to think bigger. Amen. We think the more I do, God must do. And the more you do, God will give you the grace to do more. But don't start off by thinking it's what you are doing. Amen? Moses warned the Israelites, a type of the church, when they went into the promised land. He said to them, listen to me now very carefully. When God starts blessing you, gives you houses, gives you stock, gives you everything that you want, and you're living in this promised land, possessing everything, don't start to say, it's because of my righteousness. I've got all these things because I've been doing all these things right. He says, don't do that. Because it's not because you've done everything right. It's because of what God has done right. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, he says, it's God who gives you the power to be successful or to obtain wealth. Why? Because he wants to establish the covenant that he has made between you and him. I want to talk to Christians that have been serving God for a long time. Because the mistake that we make is we start off in grace, we start off in the Holy Spirit, and then we end up in the flesh. We start on holding on to Jesus, Bambalela, holding on to Jesus. But in the end, we hold on to ourselves. Oh, because I'm doing everything right. Because I'm doing everything great. Some of you have got great things going for you, not even because of you. Maybe because of your mommy and daddy or your great-grandparents that were praying for you. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm the first pastor in our whole family that I know of. So definitely what you see here is not because of there's a lineage of pastors. It's just the grace of God. But there could be a grandfather. It might not even be my side of the family that we're praying. It might be my wife's side of the family that was praying for pastors. Amen. And we're standing here preaching and we're thinking it's us. But God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. Amen. So let me read. How much time have I got left? Go to Galatians 3 verse 3. When you're a child of God, heaven is aware of what you are going through. Heaven is aware of what you are going through. You have an assignment from Jesus. You're on earth to manifest heaven. You're on earth. If there's darkness, if there's whatever, when the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? He said, when you start praying, the first thing you pray is, say, our Father which art in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What is he saying? He's saying heaven's atmosphere, start to declare and confess heaven's atmosphere over your situation. In your home, let there be peace. Manifest heaven's atmosphere in your home. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Galatians 3. Paul, he had such a wonderful way with words. Let me read. Let me read uh, Galatians 3, verse 3. Let me read from verse 1. Is that okay? Can I read from verse 1? He's got such a charming way. He, could, he was such a considerate man when he spoke to people sometimes. Look at this verse 1. Oh foolish Galatians. How would you like if I started like that and say, you foolish congregation. <laughs> say, pastor, I forgive you before I take offense. I'm just releasing you. I'm not going to take offense. It says, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. He's saying, listen here, what are you thinking? You know Jesus died on the cross. You know it's about what he has done and not what you are doing. Verse 2, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse 3, are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham and the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, and you, all the nations, shall be blessed. What did he do beforehand? 
foreseeing. He preached the gospel and he said, you know what? The Gentiles, that's you and me. Unless you're a Jew here, but even Jews have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I want to tell you, the way you're going to get in right standing, the way that you will be made righteous, is not through what you do, but it's believing what God has done for you already. Amen? What's the prayer of faith? Believing God has done it already. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, You are saved by grace. For you, by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So can I explain to you what he's saying? He's saying, you cannot get saved by yourself. You're saved by grace through faith. Where did you get that faith? God deposited that faith in your heart so that you can believe and get saved before you were saved. That's why faith is something that you have. That mustard seed faith is enough to move the mountain of sin, iniquities in your life. When you believe that Jesus died on the cross. See, it's not your works, the things that you want to do right. Many times people say, I first want to sort out this, then I'll serve Jesus. Forget about it. Forget about it. You're not going to get to that place. Because the more you serve God, the longer you serve God, the more you realize how much you have to change. Paul said, this God that I've been serving is writing two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, just when I think I know him, I realize I don't know him. So he says, it's not your works. You are saved by grace, not through your own works. Then the grace of God empowers you, reveals to you what you are supposed to do. You are saved by grace, not by works. Then empowered by grace to do good works that God beforehand predestined for you. Well, turn to the person next to you say you have your part to play. So as a Christian, I can tell you now, what you are facing is not a problem. Because Christ has dealt with it already. Every advancement in our lives is because of the grace of God. Courageous faith comes from the regenerated spirit of God that's on the inside of you. So that no man can boast. Faith is something that God gives us. God knew you would be here today. He planned it that you should be here today. How many things in your life are you trying to get victory over through laws, through your ability, your strength? There's only one way that you receive victory. That's you believe for victory. You cannot work to become righteous. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, He who knew no sin became sin. He never sinned. He who knew no sin became sin. So that we who were never righteous can become righteous. How do you become righteous? You believe. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. 
So when you believe Jesus is righteous and you believe he became your sin, then you're in right standing with God. Now you can start to pray a righteous prayer. When you pray for something, you think, oh, I've messed up here, I've slipped here, I've done this wrong. Don't look at what you've done, your works. Look to the cross where the price was paid. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. When you as a righteous man start praying, it's not an ordinary prayer. It's the prayer of faith, and that prayer is dynamic in its power. To move mountains, to start to change things. If that prayer does not yield immediately to what you are praying, don't look at yourself. Look to the cross where the price was paid. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Amen? What did Jesus pray? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Amen. Can I go on a little bit longer? Courageous faith. Courageous faith is something that you have. In the book, I think on page 76, I talk about two realms. The natural realm, a realm of defeat and failure, where we try and figure God out through our senses, what we see, what we hear, what we feel. Then there's the realm in the spirit or the realm of victory in Christ Jesus where God's got the victory already. It's where the name of Jesus works. Two realms. From that realm we confess the word of God. Amen. Even when a giant comes against you, what was the difference between Goliath and David? Goliath operated in the realm of defeat and failure, the natural realm. He was stronger, he was bigger, he was bigger weapons, everything. From a natural point of view, he had the victory. So if you try and figure out, how am I going to face this giant from a natural point of view, you've lost already. But David found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. He said, you've not come against me, you've come against my God. You think we're attacking this thing, addressing this thing in a natural way? (laughs) Forget about it. You've come against my God. You think you're going to kill me? I'm going to run killing you today. And had God backing him. Amen. He had a friend in the Holy Spirit that took that little rock. I mean, I think he could have thrown it that way. It would have gone and hit him there. Amen. Because that's what God does. Impossibilities becomes possibilities. God will ask you to do what you have to do, and he will do what he has to do. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. So sometimes things that we do that seem very ordinary has an extraordinary effect. So I want to show you a video. You're sitting here in the church. So I want to show you when we marked out this area. And over there, we put down rocks. And I told the drummer, go sit there and play the drums. And I told Solo, Belinda said to Solo, go sing. And we went to all the areas and we were declaring things, saying things. So don't think when you are declaring things, I'm stupid. Sometimes what seems stupid to the world is wisdom to God. Anybody can say thank you, Jesus, when they've received the miracle. Anybody can sing, look what the Lord has done, when you can see it. But it takes a man and woman of faith to say, look what the Lord has done, when you cannot see anything. Amen. To say, thank you, Jesus, you're busy perfecting everything concerning my family, concerning my career, concerning my marriage, concerning my future, when you don't see the full manifestation, but you are believing what Jesus has done on the cross for you already. Amen. I want to close 
just with this. In my book, there's a whole section about your confession gives you possession. Your confession gives you possession. Job 22 verse 28 says, you shall decide a thing. Actually, if you go read verse 27, it says, you will pray to the Lord and you will honor your vow. You will pay your vows. It's interesting that he says that because most of the time when we pray big prayers to God, God, help me with this. Lord, I declare this business deal into being or I declare this, Lord. Then I will do this for you, Lord. Have you ever done that? Don't raise your hand. Lord, if you keep to your promise, I will keep to my promise. When you want to keep God bound to his word, make sure that God will keep you bound to your word. Lord, if you just give me a husband, if you just give me a wife, I'll be an usher for the rest of my life, a hostess for the rest of my life. Yes, the ushers that's single, give the Lord a hand. Amen. <laughs> when you make a vow like that, make sure that you keep to your word as well. Amen. If you want God to keep his word, keep your word. Why did God listen to Peter's words? Because Peter listened to God's word. So your confession will give you possession. He said, you will decide a thing and you will decree it and it will be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine upon all your ways. I want to encourage you. Every day, declare God's light and God's favor upon all your ways. Remember, when you declare God's light, God's light will expel all shades of darkness. Amen? So that you can walk in the light of God's favor. Confess what you believe. Don't confess what you see. Don't confess what you hear. Don't confess those things that affect you from a natural point of view. But confess what you believe. It takes courage, courageous faith, to confess what you believe when everything around you is contrary. Daniel, when they said, we're going to throw you into the lion's den, the Bible says he still went on his knees that day and gave thanks to God. He still went on his knees and he said, thank you that you're a good God. Thank you that you always protect me. Thank you that you always keep me. Thank you that you're always guiding me. He gave thanks to God three times. Didn't call for a spiritual warfare meeting. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come quickly. Got problems here. We have to rebuke this king. You cannot believe what they have done. I'm going to call fire down on them. This thing that I'm going to send it back to them. No, didn't pray any prayers like that. Those are in any case not Christian prayers to pray. Amen. Those are old covenant prayers. Jesus said in Matthew 5, if they bless you, if they curse you, bless you, bless them. If they despitefully use you, pray for them. If God is busy preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies, why do you want your enemies dead? You want them alive so that they can see God's goodness in your life. Amen. David said in Psalm 27, he said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I'm not dead yet. God wants you to see his goodness. Can I just leave you with this? Jesus is always praying for you. He's praying that your faith will not fail. 
In John 17 verse 20, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Have you believed in God through his word? Then I want to tell you, Jesus is praying for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is praying for you. He prayed, he said, Father, listen to me. He said, Father, as we are one, I'm one with them. He says, this oneness here is so that people will believe that you've sent me. I just want to tell you what that means. Jesus, when he died on the cross, why was there so much power released? Because God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. They are one. But there was a time when Jesus said, My Father, why have you disconnected yourself from me? Why have you forsaken me? An atom bomb works on the following basis. That which is one, that atom gets split. And when that happens, power is released like that. When Jesus died on the cross, he dealt with all sin. Gone. Forever. Dealt with. But he didn't leave it like that. I'm not a scientist, but just think for one minute. If you had to split an atom to release power, how much power do you need to let that which was separated become one again? That's resurrection power. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That which makes things that are dead alive. We're not allowed to touch God's glory and we're not allowed to take God's glory. But he wrote, as he was praying here, he said, Father, the glory that you have given me I have given them that the world may believe. But the problem is, we don't even believe it. So how will the world believe it? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means from the beginning, God had planned glory for you. And when Jesus died on the cross, he restored that back to us. So that we can manifest his glory. We can manifest his kingdom. But the people that can do that are those that are prepared to pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith is the effective prayer in the spirit. Fervent, the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man. Jesus died on the cross to make you righteous, to make me righteous. So that we can go into the world and pray for people so that his glory would manifest that when people are going through a hellish moment we can say let me pray our father with art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven i'm speaking the name of jesus over this situation where there's darkness lord stretch forth your mighty right hand and cause the light of your favor to shine into that situation And start to declare God's word, his light, his favor, the things that he has given us. Because when you pray that his divine nature is backing your divine nature. So that when you pray a prayer, you've got heaven backing your prayer. A divine force from heaven will come, the Holy Spirit, and affect that prayer. Start to change things. When you speak to that giant, you say, you've not come against me. 
come against my God. People will hear God's voice upon your voice. And where there's unrighteousness, we can manifest righteousness because of His divine nature that's become our divine nature. You can pray that prayer of faith knowing that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much because the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and His ears are attentive to your prayers. In Jesus' name. Precious Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for this wonderful work upon the cross. The beautiful picture in Isaiah. Jesus dying for us. Going through pain and hardship. Dealing with every fundamental problem so that there would be an answer, a solution before the time, before we face it. And we thank you for that. Stir up faith in the hearts of people. Help us to believe, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, stretch forth your mighty right hand, O Lord, and cause the light of your favor to shine into every person's life, expelling all shades of darkness, O Lord. We speak the name of Jesus over every situation. We speak the name of Jesus over every family, over every marriage, over every career, every business, every child. We speak the name of Jesus over the future of every person in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for that. We bless you for that. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. The most important thing is for you to be linked up with God's divine nature. So I want to pray a special prayer. I want you to put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. Need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name, I am now a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Don't talk about your sins again. Don't talk about your past again. Your past is over. It's Egypt. It's a place of bondage. God took Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. That's where God is leading you as well. Amen. If I can give you some good advice, if you want to grow spiritually, get submitted and committed in a church. Amen. So that you can flourish. That's what Isaiah, uh, uh, Psalm 90 says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. Amen. So if you've prayed that prayer, we have to take responsibility for you. We want to train you in the things of the Lord. If you're from far, go find a living church, get involved there, and serve like never before. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.